Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Alliance Against Seclusion and Restraint, our live series that we do as a uh, uh, Facebook Live and YouTube and also as an audio podcast. Uh, we have a very exciting program today. It's a, kind of an unusual day for us. We're usually here on Thursday. Uh, we're here this week on Tuesday with a very special event. Let me tell you a little bit about the Alliance before we get started. Um, as I mentioned, my name is Guy Stevens. I'm the founder and executive director of the Alliance. Started the Alliance a little over two years ago to bring people together to reduce and eliminate practices like restraint and seclusion in schools across the nation. Our mission is to educate the public and connect people together that are interested in changing minds, laws, policies, and practices so that things like restraint and seclusion are reduced and eliminated. Our vision is to see safer schools for students, teachers, and staff. We've got a really, really special uh, event today I'm very excited about. Uh, we often have guests and, and today, not only do we have some amazing guests, but we also have administrators, teachers, and students uh, from a school that we're going to be talking to. So I'm going to begin by introducing uh, Dr. Lori Desatel. So let me go ahead and bring Lori up here. Uh, Lori is um, an assistant professor at Butler University and teaches a program in Applied Educational Neuroscience, which is really getting into kind of how the brain works and working with uh, teachers and students to understand kind of the connection between the way the body and brain work together. Uh, Lori has written several amazing books. Uh, one of my favorite books is a book called Connection Over Compliance. You've probably heard me recommend that before on the Alliance. It's an amazing book. Not to mention the title alone has always just really resonated with me uh, because it's so important in kind of changing the way that we're, we're working with and supporting uh, kids. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, Lori has also a background in teaching and is out in the classroom, uh, even, well, not today as we speak, but is out in the classroom uh, now working with students and teachers and doing some really amazing work. So Lori, really excited to have you here today. I'm sure I left some things out in the introduction, but I know we have a lot on tap for today. So welcome and thanks for joining us today. Oh, Guy, thank you so much for this event today. I'm so excited. I, I, as I was sharing and thinking about this last night, we get to hear from our kids today and we get to hear from educators who are moving through this pandemic time. Um, and there's been, it, it's, it's you and I have talked about this, it's been the most challenging year for parents, for, for students, for staff, there really are no words. And I, I feel so honored to sit beside the school that you will meet today and um, to participate in their classrooms, especially this year with um, protocols that we never imagined in the past. So thank you so much for having all of us today. And I'm really excited. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited as well. And, you know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the things I love about the work that you do is, is it really, it really is about you know, helping teachers and educators to work with and better support kids that may be having difficulty, kids that have a, a trauma background, kids with disabilities, kids with a whole, uh, you know, wide variety of situations. And, you know, we, we put that in the context of the, the pandemic. It's even more critical today than ever before. But this work is always important. It's always important to figure out how can we better support kids? How can we move away from, you know, traumatizing already traumatized children and, and, and really support them? So the work is absolutely absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm really excited. And, you know, one of the, the questions that, you know, commonly comes up is when you talk about, 
you know, doing things to better support kids or, or what can we do? You know, what do solutions look like? And and one of the, the things that really excites me about this discussion today is this is it. This is one of those solutions. This is one of the things that we can do to, to help better support kids. And I've always appreciated your books, how much detail goes into here are actual things you can do in strategy. So really excited to hear about those in the classroom. So let's not wait anymore. Let's introduce our staff that we have joining us first and uh, they can tell us more. We're going to be learning about Harrison Hill Elementary. So let me begin by uh, bringing up our school principal, uh, who is Natalie Stewart. And Natalie, welcome and thanks for joining us. I'm also going to bring up here Tiasha Logan, uh, and I'm going to get the wrong, last name wrong here, Oglesby. Uh, hopefully, I'll be I'll be close. Uh, and so welcome you both. I know you're both uh, there from um, our Harrison Hill Elementary in the Lawrence Township of Indianapolis. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing not only your time, but your, your students and your teachers and, and what you're doing there. We're really excited about the work that's going on. So uh, welcome. And then we'll, we'll get into having you tell us more about who you are and, and what you do. So Natalie, maybe we can start with you uh, and you can tell us a little bit about uh, your role and, and about Harrison Hill Elementary. Thank you so much for having us. What an honor to be with you and to meet you. And of course, Dr. Lori, thank you because we owe you so much. Um, so as you had mentioned, um, my name is Natalie Stewart. I'm the proud principal of Harrison Hill. And we had an extraordinary opportunity this year to work with Dr. Lori. I've been fortunate enough to know Dr. Lori for years now as she's a Lawrence Township resident. And um, I've had the opportunity to see her speak throughout the years and have just always been enamored with her work. And, you know, how can you not love Dr. Lori? Um, so we were given a unique opportunity to have her come and work with our staff this year. And I think as you alluded to in the beginning, what a year. I mean, we have never started a school year with so many unknowns, you know, truly um, for our staff, for our students, everything that everybody had been through since March of last year. Students hadn't been to school in five months. Students had watched family members become ill. Some, unfortunately, had watched family members pass away. There was anxiety surrounding all of us. And so I think coming together to begin a school year, um, we had never felt like we needed Dr. Lori more. Um, because then you put on top of that other traumas, you know, that people come to school with every day, students and adults. And so what a way for us to begin with Dr. Lori assuring us that we would have some tools. And so I think today you're going to have an opportunity to hear from our staff how they've been impacted, um, of course, from our teachers and all that they've learned in their toolbox. But hearing from the students, it's inspiring. And I, I'm just so proud of the work that they've been able to do this year. So um, they'll be joining us in just a few minutes. But I wanted to talk a little bit about our setup because I think one of the amazing things about Dr. Lori is, I, and when I talk to the kids, I say, you guys, she's famous. She travels all over the country and people just love listening to her, but she's in the classrooms. And I just think that that is such an extraordinary way for her to be so connected because there are days when she comes out and she's like, wow, you know, she truly would uplift our entire staff because she knew what teachers were going through. You know, and I think we live in a world today where so many people um, don't really understand what it's like, you know, all the trials and tribulations of what we've been through this year. So um, remarkable that she has walked with us on this journey. So we began the school year with her talking with our staff and I think just preparing them for some of the things that our students were going to be walking in with this year. And, you know, I think so many times in education, we do this thing where we say, build relationships with kids, make connections, but we don't really 
get to the how. And Dr. Lori has given us toolbox and tools and so many things to get in there and really work with. So the things that we're going to talk about today, it's not a scripted program. You know, it's not about here you go and it's all better. It's about really taking some strategies and diving in and integrating them throughout your entire day. And that's what our teachers are working on doing. Is it perfect? No. Absolutely not, but it's a start and we're just really scratching that surface on getting to some things that are just so critical and so important because we know that what we want in the morning is for everybody's basic needs to be met and then we want their brains to be ready to learn. And what we know is that today, that's not how everybody comes to school, adults included, right? So we've been given some very specific tools and strategies for how to recognize that. And I think for, for me as a building leader, being able to say to my staff, it's okay you know, to know that maybe you're not ready to begin your day, but what's our plan to do that? And so recognizing what are the triggers that you have? What are some things that really are making you not regulated? Because before you step into a classroom, all of those things need to be right for you. And once we've come to that understanding and self-awareness, we've really been able to dig in to learn how to do that with kids. And that's the impact that I see when I go in for classroom observations. I see how those changes are coming through in student conversation, in student learning. So that's when you know that that work is truly integrated. It's not about what you do for the first 10 minutes of the day or 20 minutes here. It's that that's the climate and culture of how we're going to do business at Harrison Hill. And so that's really the journey that we're starting on. And I mean, of course, we'd love to keep Dr. Lori forever. Um, but, you know, we're just hoping that the model will continue. We have some people that are in leadership roles in our building. And so they get to go into other classrooms and help facilitate learning for other teachers and other classrooms. And that's how we've been able to see our work really multiply. That's that's fantastic. And, and the success that you're having with this, I mean, you know, uh, although I'm, I'm sure you'll have to give up Dr. Lori at some point, um, no. you know, the, the, the fact that this can be another model for people that are out there trying to figure out how do we, how do we, you know, work with some of the difficulties that we have or the challenges that we have? How do we address the, the impact of trauma? How do we better support our, our students, our teachers and our staff? Uh, so that's really great. And one of the things that you said that really stuck with me because I've had uh, many conversations uh, with Lori and the one thing that really sticks with me about her approach is that, um, you know, she has done a tremendous amount of research. And, and of course, the books are fantastic. But she is learning just as much as the students, I think, sometimes when she's in the classroom. And and I love how adaptable the approach is. And, and talking to Lori Kirkland as well recently, it's just really amazing. Uh, it's not just a matter of we have this, this, you know, finite expertise here. It's how can we evolve? How can we learn more? And uh, it sounds like you're you're able to to benefit both from that kind of approach. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, and just being able to watch her engage. And, you know, one of the things that I think has been a challenge for us all this year is going from an in-person setting to a virtual setting and back again. And Dr. Lori's strategies have no boundaries. You know, she watching her stand in front of a big giant Zoom is just as engaging if they were if, as if she were in person. And she really wanted to work with classes that were virtual, you know, so that she could show teachers this is possible. We do build connection. We do build those strong relationships, even if we're not in the same room. And that's been very powerful.
you're, you're speaking my language, relationship, 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 right? <laughs> uh, so Tiascha, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience working with uh, Dr. Lori and kind of your role in, in all of this as well? Um, yeah, thank you. So yeah, Tiasha Oglesby, assistant principal at Harrison Hill, proud assistant principal. Um, I've learned so much and I think that's a great way to say it. And I like to see Dr. Lori's face when you said that she's learning so much along the students, um, because I think that's kind of my expression exactly is that there's so much learning that happens as you're applying it and just like really expanding and shifting your own thinking that you're really not even thinking about it as like another thing to do because you're learning alongside them. So it's just kind of like Stuart said, um, a way of how we just do business now. And I think it's a mindfulness and an awareness in general with this frame framework. And that when you realize that you are coming from just approaching it from such a different aspect that you've ever maybe like for assistant principal approach discipline, um, then that alone, that just mind shift alone is so powerful. So I think that's a huge piece of it. One of the huge takeaways that I've been able to really apply um, in my position this year is consequences over experiences. And it's probably my favorite part so far. Like it really has shifted the way I do things and the way I assign, you know, reactions to certain behaviors and just um, how I coach teachers to kind of process um these consequences or experiences with them. And I really think thinking about regulation mm -hmm. and the brain state and sensations and really honoring those and then providing students with experiences for them to be successful. Um, you know, traditional punishment, how we've done it or um, just in the past, it truly hasn't changed many patterns. We really haven't seen that over time really make drastic impact. But when we really think about providing them experiences, we're seeing some some true changes for sure. So, for instance, instead of like, you know, a student being suspended or something like that, like how about we partner them with a younger student and see if that, you know, empowers them to want to invest in the building instead of creating Saturday school. Let's try a basketball league. And see if we create this sense of community, you know, and this sense of belonging and this, you know, this place of peace for students, which is really, really making a difference. We're really having a culture shift here. Mm -hmm. I think another huge thing that I've been able to take away is not only the student brain state, which is so key, but also the teacher brain state and being aware of that. You know, my own brain state, one, as a building leader, first of all, going into some very heavy situations or crisis or high need situations and being able to regulate myself first before coming into that so that I can have a greater impact in those high, in those situations. But I also think when it's like time to co-regulate, when those heated situations, those heightened moments, and being able to come alongside adults and the student and being able to co-regulate together, you know, versus just taking action immediately, not really getting the whole story, but really let's try to pay attention to the sensations we're both feeling and recognize the brain state we're both at and then make a decision is right now the best time to determine what's best for kids or do we need to come back to it or do we need to get a drink of water or do we need to get a peppermint or things like that, you know, and then let's make some sound decisions on what's best for kids versus these emotional decisions, which has seemed to be just, you know, helping in general in so many different ways. I think that prioritizing yourself and allowing teachers to take a moment to prioritize how they feel above everything else and just recognizing that before taking some steps forward has been more impactful for sure. And the same thing with children before, you know, seclusion or restraint, thinking about regulation first 
and thinking about the sensations that they're feeling first and trying to get them to be just in a calm state because knowing that they're not listening to you anyway, they don't hear you anyway. They probably don't even see you or feel you near. So you're really kind of wasting your time. And I think that helps adults realize right now is poor time for that. So, and it's not even, it's useless, you know? So I think that regulation in those moments and making that the priority and thinking of regulation as a safety measure versus seclusion and restraint and just trying to get regulated first and then let's figure out how we can get safe, um, which kind of tends to come hand in hand. And then I would say our data really shows, which I'm excited to share with our staff this week when Dr. Lori comes for our last meeting for the year, really shows. And now there's a lot of things. There's virtual learning that's taking place. There's, you know, students weren't here the whole time. We have a new behavior mentor. There's a lot of things to consider, but the costs of the office are significantly down, like drastically, like more than cut in half because I think it's an awareness. And I really think that's it. It's, you know, I think that's the start to this is that adults and students are aware of what's happening and they're able to make some solid decisions on how to regulate themselves in order to be productive throughout the day. So that's been very helpful. Just like I said, that mindfulness, that awareness of the brain and body state. And then, you know, I'm excited about kind of our next steps about now that we're aware and we understand the why applying more of those strategies. Yeah, s- such a key point that that oftentimes the re- the the idea is that only the child, only the kid needs a change. But but our own reflection on our own brain state is so important to to all of these situations. And, and one of the things that you said that really resonated with me, I was just kind of reflecting on, uh, um, you know, Lori's book and thinking about one of the things that stuck out to me in that book is when she talked about discipline and talked about that coming from the root word kind of uh, the cycle uh, to teach. And, and somehow we've gotten away from that. We, we've thought about discipline as just negative consequence. And, and you, you mm-hmm. did a great job of kind of framing that as well. And and kind of talking about, you know, how your mindset kind of shifted and, and you know, you're trying to teach and support. That, that's really amazing. The the excitement that you both have about this work is is just really, you can feel it in the air and it's really great. Um, I have a couple of questions that I want to ask you. And I, I know I'm looking down in the lower part of my monitor where I actually see a classroom of kids waiting for us as well, which is really exciting. But I have a couple of quick questions for you. And, and I'll take the first one, Natalie, to you. Um, if, if you were the proverbial elevators pitch, so, you know, if you were in an elevator with another school administrator that said to you, well, tell me all about this, this program you're doing, you know, what's, what's your short pitch on what this is and and why you think it's important? What would you tell somebody that was interested in kind of exploring this approach? I think that it's first of all, not a program, but a framework for really understanding the brain, um, reactions, feelings, and emotions. And I would probably tell a lot of stories um, because I think, you know, stories speak to all of us about the impact that these strategies have had on kids. Or I would have them watch this because you're going to hear a lot of those. And when you see what it can, when kids are regulating themselves, it right there, it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. That's great. So one of the things I heard from you, Tiasha, and, and, and this doesn't surprise me, um, was you kind of talked about the the impact and, and and one of the things that's really important here is the impact beyond just the obvious you know meaning that you know sometimes people think well you know you you're just you're just doing something that maybe impacts the the kids but really when you begin to to do this and implement this kind of framework you're you're making benefit for for the teachers you're reducing potentially the the calls to the office but there's also a mindset to change too because you mm-hmm. know uh, certainly you know I've, I've worked with a, a lot of different uh, educators in different situations and you know 
sometimes the the call is just for consequence. Well, we need more consequence. We mm-hmm. we need to be able to send them to the administration and have them expelled, suspended, whatever the case may be. But of course, that doesn't really help us in the end. You know, it, it's pushing kids into the criminal justice system and and getting other things happening. But but you really seem to kind of to get that. But how do you work to or or you know, uh, I, I know I've talked to some of the, your teachers and I know that they're 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 along this journey and, and fully supportive. But how do you help people to kind of reframe or see things through a different lens that may initially be skeptical or think, well, well, gee, I don't know how this is going to work. We, we really need more discipline or we need more of this. How do you address that kind of thing? Yeah, great question. I think, you know, really when it's in those situations when we might not be on the same page per se, is really just taking the time to break down what happened and the behavior that occurred and what is the desired outcome that we're really going for. And maybe looking at past experiences and patterns and say, you know, well, when we suspended it before, was that what was best? Did we change the behavior? Well, no, we're still here. We're right back here right now, right? So then it kind of proves itself right now. So what's there's no risk that we're taking by trying something different when what we're doing right now isn't working and it's not truly changing those large patterns. And like you said, things like, you know, the justice system, systematic racism. And if we're really truly going to try that, then if we're so charged up, then it's worth taking a risk and it's worth trying something different. And I think really making the why clear for the adult in the situation is, is important every time and just kind of explaining like, so what are they communicating that they need? And I think that's the main thing is that we have to come from um, a level of providers, you know, of like that, back to what you said about discipline means to teach. So this is a teaching opportunity. This is a learning opportunity right now. So how can we capitalize on this learning opportunity? Just like we would if it was academics or, you know, instruction, the same thing here. How can we capitalize in this moment to create true change? And I think that's when some of those, when we start really thinking about it differently and thinking about truly as a teaching opportunity to create true change, we realize that we got to get creative and we got to try some different things. And it's worth honoring the brain state in order to really, like I said, to make a difference instead of just continuing to recycle that thing that's like insanity of just doing the same thing over and over again that's not producing results and only increasing frustration. So I think when teachers are really or adults are really bought into wanting to see change and you come to the table as a problem solver, then we can definitely handle it a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing what happens when you actually get kids involved in, in solving problems, right? When you mm-hmm. collaborate with kids and you partner with kids and you, you teach them about their brains and how they can uh, kind of understand what they're, they're feeling and, and what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely amazing work that you guys are doing. I'm really excited to, uh, to, to see where you're going. And uh, I think the, that's the, a great point about giving kids the voice, you know, and right, I think bringing right. the kids in more in those consequences or those experiences and just kind of letting the students speak from their own experience is also helpful for the teacher to kind of realize that this is what they need. You know, yeah. they're asking for help in a very unique way sometimes, but they're definitely asking for help. Right, right. Well, you know, you know, it's easy to say behavior is communication, but as you begin to understand more of it, and and not just look beyond, you know, the 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 you know the visible behaviors, but try to understand what's going on underneath the surface. And you know, I mean, you know, what you mentioned about kind of the understanding of the brain. 
you know, when I started this this work a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of understanding about the the brain and trauma and how any of that worked. But the very simple things you can learn about understanding that when when a kid is becoming dysregulated and, and going into a fight or flight mode and working from their amygdala, that they're no longer, as you mentioned earlier, they're no longer communicating with their frontal cortex. Their ear canals are tightening. They're not listening yet. Yet, you know, often there is that compliance based approach, which is you know, things end up being a, a battle of wills when a kid's not even able to listen or process at that point. So, you know, that that to me is a, such an important lesson of, you know, having everyone understand how the brain works. Uh, it seems like so much is avoidable when you begin to understand, oh, gee, they're, they're really, they're, 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 maybe they're hypervigilant or maybe they're dysregulated. And just knowing that changes the approach that you take, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, so I, I see a very excited room full of, of kids and teachers, and I definitely want to get to get start moving in that direction. But is there anything else you wanted to add before we do that? I don't think so. Just thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we're excited about it. I mean, you know, um, we, we didn't make a lot of effort to try to offer educational programming for, for really for, for teachers and administrators and, and parents and, you know, self-advocates and others to, to get to these better ways. Because, you know, one school at a time where we can get people doing better practices, we're, we're making huge differences. So really appreciate you both being willing to, uh, to come on board. Natalie, any, any other uh, thoughts before we move into talk, bringing the kids in? I, I think once you hear from the kids and once you see the impact this has had on them, because this is these are skills that are going to impact the rest of their lives. And I think that's the exciting thing. They are internalizing these strategies and they are problem solving for themselves in ways that we never could have dreamed. So I'm going to turn it over to them. All right. Sounds good. And Lori, any, anything to add before we uh, bring the kids in? Well, just that it, it, it is the leadership. So these two brilliant leaders that we've been listening to, that's what's making this work. And relationships were a priority when I got to Harrison Hill. Um, so, you know, I want to give credit where credit is due. There are many adults in this building that work hard every day. Um, you know, I think of Tammy, I think of Neil, I think of Mr. Wallace, you know, I think of all the staff. I mean, this is a community of educators um, that were ready for this framework. So mm-hmm. it's because of Tiasha and Natalie that um, it's really um, just growing and developing and will continue to do so. This will be sustainable. Absolutely. That, that's a that's an a really great point because you know I I often talk to to parents and and even teachers that that reach out that that want to impact some sort of change, uh, but getting that buy in at the top, getting the leadership behind a program, you can bring in all the training in the world, but if the leadership is not bought into the the philosophy, the ideas, um, you know, it, it won't last. And it's so important to have that. And uh, you know, so really appreciate uh, you know both of you coming on to to share that because that kind of enthusiasm, I think is is uh hopefully something that uh that other people will um be inspired by so you know thank you so much for that uh natalie and tiasha did you want to stick around while we bring the kids up or or okay yes we'd love to all right and we're bringing on more people than i brought on before so we'll see how this all works okay all right let me you want to put us backstage that's fine too all right sounds good uh so we now have a classroom and i see kids waving uh and uh laurie do you want to um do the introductions for us Oh my goodness. So we have third and fourth grade, brilliant, my brilliant, brilliant students and their fabulous teachers. We have Lori Kirkland with Zamaya 
And we have um, Emily Ross with Tristan and Iviana. Yay! All right, fantastic. So um, let me let me just start here. Um, Lori Kirkland. Uh, now that I have two Lori's here, my two favorite Lori's, of course. Uh, Lori, it's great to see you again. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you just a few weeks back. Um, so thanks for joining us, Lori. Hi there. Can you hear us? Absolutely, we sure can. Um, so, Lori, I know we interviewed you recently, and you talked a little bit about the work that you've been doing um, with uh, Lori Desitels. Can you tell us a little bit more and how things are going? And I know you're there uh, today with students, and uh, I know we're at school, so we've got to have our mask on. But tell us a little bit about your experience, and then I'm really eager to talk to Zamaya. It is it is going well, um, and just again, as we have talked about all of the strategies that Lori has helped. Um, as far as the teachers, us with our own, um, regulating our own brain state, but then also the students. And especially this time of year with third grade, I don't know how it is around other states, but we, third grade, they take two different standardized tests. There's a lot of testing going on, and it can be very stressful. And the strategies that she has shown the kids and myself have been very beneficial. We had a day, what, last week, where we had a true heart-to-heart -heart with the whole class because there have been some things going on. And my class was able to just verbalize independently with each other and apologize and to just to, um, to help feel and to recover some relationships, repair some relationships with each other, specific, with specific apologies for things that had happened. Found out that there had been some things that students had been holding on to from second grade they were able to even put it into words and talk about it and just to repair a lot of those relationships and um, use a lot of those focused attention strategies and some of those brain intervals to keep it going as we go through the testing and the stress and it just kind of built up and we all had to have a discussion about it and it was wonderful. This one right here too, she even shared and I'll let her share but she talked and was very honest about it and also the way that the other children are open and listen to each other. It's huge what Lori has done and the strategies that she's helped us with and the kids understanding how their brains work and how it affects and impacts their bodies. And it's huge what you're doing. Um, you know, uh, Lori, you're, you're amazing. Uh, you know, I had the privilege to, to interview you recently and, and you know, um, uh, you know, it's it's amazing, you know, what an impact this can have in the classroom. So if you would, would you introduce your student Zamaya to us? Yes, this is Zamaya Sanders, and she has been one of the, the student gurus. She has taken Dr. Lori's work, and she's even gone down to second grade and helped Dr. Lori model some strategies with them. So I'll let Zamaya kind of take it away and maybe talk about what is your favorite focused attention practice or what is something that you've like learned? What's been the biggest thing that you've learned from our work with Dr. Lori? What I have learned from Dr. Lori is how to keep yourself calm when like there's something really bad. Like say if somebody that you were sitting by at your desk and somebody just keeps doing stuff and makes you really mad. So, uh, so if that person makes you really mad, Dr. Lloyd told us 
teachers do a focus and tension practice. This one is my favorite one. So you push your hand up and then you fold the other half of your hand and then you keep doing that. So it's going to calm you down. And the one thing I like about this is because you have to look at your hand to make sure you're doing it the right way or else you go, you go, it's going to just make you mad and you just go do like this instead of not, and instead of looking at your hand to make sure you're doing it the right way and then take you off the other person doing it. And as they keep on doing it, you go to Miss Kirkland and you ask her, can you either move my desk or can you tell that person to stop because it's, they keep touching my desk, please. So when you're doing this, you're focusing more on this than what on your neighbor and what's getting you upset and going, what did that push you to what part of your brain? My if you keep focusing, but if not, you're going to go to your amygdala. To your amygdala. And where's your amygdala at? Right here. Is that the prefrontal or is that the amygdala? The amygdala. No, the amygdala is right here. Okay. And, and, and Zamai, what happens when your amygdala gets upset? What happens then? It makes you really mad and it makes you want to call upon everybody. But instead, you will try to keep that in time and you try to go back to the prefrontal cortex and go back to what you were working with. You're amazing. You're you're amazing, Zamai. This is this is great. You you know more about the brain than, than most adults do, and, and that's really incredible. Um so what grade are you in? I'm in third grade. Third grade, and you've been helping some of the younger kids learn as well, yeah. Te teaching them how to use some of those practices. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really great. Um, so, um, aside from that practice, what do you like best about learning about the brain? When Doctor Lloyd comes in and she teaches us new brain intervals and. Um, practice attention so we can like do stuff like say I'm going to use Miss Kirkland as an example. I kind of tell Miss Kirkland something. She has a handful of kids coming up to her. Preach and, 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 and everybody keeps coming up to her and I keep having her. So that's making Miss Kirkland mad and making her go to her and But instead, she just moves that's great. Maya, that honey, thank you. That was just awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so, Maya, let me ask you just a real general question. Any idea what you want to do when you grow up? Uh, when I grow up, uh, I don't get to do anything. I'll be okay with it. But I want to be a baker because that, that's two of my favorite things. Making cakes. And also artwork. I love artwork, and I also like baking. Um, for Mother's Day, I bought um, um, baked by Grandma a Mother's Day cake with the Mother's Day um, word on it, and then it had little rose petals around it. Oh, that's great. You know, you know, the great thing about baking and, and art is you can bring them together and make really amazing cakes. My, my wife used to make cakes that look like puppy dogs and drafts and all sorts of neat things. So you can you can take a class and learn how to decorate cakes. That's a lot of fun. But one thing about baking is when you bake, you want to show your passion, but you don't want to show too much because... The gooder you get means the slower you have to go. 
So if you go fast, that means you're not really working hard on what you're really trying to push yourself forward to doing instead of you got to take your time to do this instead of being like, oh my God, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. too many orders. Yeah. yeah. You want to but, but you want to take your time because you know you're not going to be able to get it doing your time or all in one day. So you might want to say, uh, I'll do your cake, but I have to do some other cake. So would you mind if it be a little late? And okay. you want to also, you want to be putting out your best product. So yes. you want to take your time. Well, also, <laughs> my mama taught me about baking is you can sell sugar from um, salt by how you hold it. You don't have to look at the bag or nothing. You can tell it's in the salt. Oh, okay. That's really interesting. That's so, interesting. so you might even need to, you know, if you become a baker, you might even need to use your brain ba- breaks uh, while you're baking because you might need to, you know, instead of um, just rushing, you might need to take a break and, and kind of refocus, right? So these things might help you later. So let's get to talking to uh, Ms. Ross. If you could uh, tell us, uh, or Lori, I'm sorry, did you have a question? No, 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 you're fine. Okay. Oh, okay. oh, Lori, the other Lori, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I'm good. Yeah, let's okay. keep going with the kids. All right, all right. sounds good. So, Ms. Ross, if you would introduce yourself and uh, tell us about uh, your class and maybe uh, how you got introduced to uh, Dr. Lori and, uh, you know, what you're doing in your classroom with your kids. So I'm a fourth grade teacher here at Harrison Hill. This is my sixth year teaching. With me today, I have Tristan and Iviana, two students who, when Dr. Lori joined us in, you know, that second week in August, have really taken what she has taught us to heart. Um, the biggest thing that I think I've taken from our journey together is uh, creating this common language in our classroom about the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex. And, um, you know, those focused attention practice. And with, in creating this common language, we've created this safe place. And so with, in creating that safe place, kids are trusting each other more. They're talking about things that are deep and personal to them. And they're coming, you know, just kind of to me on a deeper level than, than years past. So mm-hmm. this community um, that we have built together through the work of Dr. Lori has been the most transformative thing in my classroom. Um, Tristan is with me today because he has shown these focus attention practices at home and has even sent videos to myself and Dr. Lori doing them with his mom and showing somebody else. And Iviana is here today because she loves to take a focus attention practice and put a little spin on it and make it her own and try and teach it to other people. And she also asks some of the most amazing questions that I would never even think to ask. Dr. Lori is here. So these two students have really taken what they have learned to heart and are practicing it almost daily. That's fantastic. So uh, great, great to meet you. And, and let's let's learn a little bit more from your uh, students. So, uh, Adiana, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what you like about learning about the brain? And I'm really interested in hearing how you have taken some ideas about practices and made them your own. So can you tell us a little bit about first why you're you're interested in all this and interested in learning about your brain? I'm interested in learning about my brain because um, my brain is like a um, important thing to me, and like so, when I hit my head, I really just sit down and relax and do a focus attention practice. 
And like when I um I do a gender practice and I turn it into my own, like kind of spice it up for the whole class to um like practice it. And oh um and my teacher Ms. Ross um so we got we had an awareness um girl in our class and um it would teach us so she had us rip it apart and made us see how we feel about and about like ripping it apart and how awareness felt it was a real person and then she had us go around and like glue a piece back together but she didn't make us have to rip a piece if we didn't have to if we didn't want to Mm -hmm. We took awareness and created it into a figure and to help us find more awareness within the classroom. So she's talking about a particular activity we did to help us find more awareness, to help us get back to that focusing. Um, can you show him one that you have kind of made your own? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so my class, we do a book of the gingerbread practice, Coco Chocolala, but I did one on the table. And my whole class taught it, and I actually got to present it in front of another fourth grade class. Oh, wow. This is one we do normally standing, but she made it sitting. Do you want to show them real fast on the table? <laughs> okay. Choco, choco, la, la, choco, choco, dead, dead, choco, la, choco, dead, choco, choco, la. Nice job. That's awesome. That's great. So do you, have you have you taught these things to other people aside from people at school? I mean, have you shown these things to friends or other people? Um, yeah, I have taught it to lots of family members. I actually, mm -hmm. I actually haven't told anybody this, but I flew to Chicago to um, show my great grandma a book of the ginger practice. That's amazing. That's amazing. Nice. Can, can you think of a situation where knowing a, a focus attention practice has helped you? Maybe something was going wrong or upsetting you and you've been able to use that? Like, um, when I get mad, like, because we have negative people in our class. Mm. So Ms. Ross is actually teaching a group or teaching in front of the class. I would either say, can you please leave me alone? Or I would um, either tell Ms. Ross, but we have a success here in our classroom that we um, ask, and our teacher is at the bottom of the list, and we have a problem scale, so it's a one through six. Yes. That's great. That's great. So one last question for you, and then we'll uh, move on to Tristan for a second. So um, do you know what you want to do when you uh, grow up? Oh, I actually want three things. I actually want to be a gym teacher, a regular teacher, and I also want to be a um a craft designer. Oh. Create my own outfits and start my own business. That's awesome. That's awesome. It, it's always nice to, to um, meet kids that are interested in teaching because somewhere along the line, they probably had a teacher that made a big difference, right? Somebody that really inspired you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Guys, I've got to go. Uh, we've got to go. I've got to go. Gotcha, gotcha. Get my class. We got recess, and we're okay, going to switch okay. out some other students that are going to come in. So okay, we're going okay. to get out of the way. Sounds good. Sounds good. Bye, Samaya. Thank you. Bye, Bye. Mr. Bye. All right. So we'll we'll transition over to um, Tristan. Tristan, it's nice to meet you. How are you doing? 
Good, good. So what have you enjoyed about working with Dr. Lori and about learning about your brain? What I've enjoyed about learning with Dr. Lori is that like if you like if you're mad, you can find a way to help you figure it out. Mm-hmm. You can't just like start fighting somebody. You could just say, Well, I'm sorry for doing this to you and you could both like do a post attention practice together. Actually I went to other classes and actually showed people that I did stuff with my mom. Mm. to help other kids actually like calm themselves down and understand the um the process of being calm and being near amygdala. So like like when Ms. Ross is mad or like she gets annoyed, I always remind her to take a deep breath. He always reminds me he'll put his hand on his heart and on his belly, and he'll just look at me, and we'll both do it together. He's great at reminding me to keep myself regulated. That's great. Well, you know, and that's the way community works, right? We we work and support each other, and um, you know, we we that that's great, Tristan, that you're doing that. Um, how do you know when you're starting to feel kind of a little a little dysregulated or upset? How do you, how do you how do you begin to recognize that you're you're starting to feel kind of bad? Um, my. Like my um my blood starts to boil and like I start to yell, mm-hmm. and then like uh when like when the person messes with me, I just like like if like the first time that I didn't even know like the beginning of the year before we met Dr. Lori, I I got angry one time, but then when we met Dr. Lori, I have changed since then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to Tristan, I want to add, and I want to say this to you and Ideana. Um, truly this year, both of you not only have taken this work to heart, but you take it so deeply that you ask questions I can't answer. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about this work. Both of you take it into the real world. And Ideana, you've asked me so many questions and we'll, and we'll say, gosh, I'm just not sure about that. We need to really, we need to, we need to study that. And Tristan, you do the same thing. You know, you take it really into your family and then you just you're you're very good at self-reflecting. So I appreciate that from both of you. So, so Tristan, tell, tell me about it. Uh, you know, showing, you know, you mentioned um, sharing these practices with your mom and showing people in your family. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, my, um, my uncle, he lived in um, Texas. I literally went all the way to Texas just to show him another folks uh, so, oh, practice that I showed my mom. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like, and then you keep on taking it. It's like it's called firecracker breathing. And that helps you if you start to feel start to feel like your amygdala is uh, on fire, right? Yeah. What do we do when our amygdala when you feel like you're gonna blow? What's the symbol we give each other? Oh, uh, we, do, we do. We um, do this to to tell that we are in our amygdala. We need to take a break in this mm-hmm. like almost flipping our legs. Mm-hmm. So, so by being able to do that and then do a an, um, you know some kind of exercise to help yourself. 
rather than having things kind of get worse and like maybe you get in more trouble and then you even feel worse, you're able to kind of get things settled back down before things get worse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it feel good to have some control over not feeling like you're going to lose control? Yeah, it does because when um when I was talking to Dr. Lori um in this this morning, um I also heard that like 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 you because like we in class we were all talking about like what we can remember from the be- the beginning of the year. So like we so we all used our mid uh, I mean our hippocampus to remember back and that's basically a, a superpower to actually remember all that stuff from months ago. So, so you added the the hippocampus, and we've talked about the amygdala and the frontal cortex. What's the hippocampus do? It, it helps you remember things, even even if you need help to remember them. That's great. That's great. Um, so, let me ask you one more question. We're gonna move on to another a student, but um, I'm gonna ask you ask you the same question I've asked the others. Um, any idea what you want to do when you grow up? Actually, I have three things. I wanna I wanna um be an artist. I wanna own a zoo. And um, I want to help homeless people. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, it has been a pleasure, Tristan, to talk to you. Um, you know, maybe sometime I can see one of your videos of you doing that, uh, th- doing the practices. It sounds really cool. Wow. All right. So thank you so much. So, uh, Lori, who else do we have joining us here now? So Hi. we <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Idiana. Thank you, Tristan. You guys were great. So we have Mrs. Michelle Holmes, Miss Michelle Holmes, and then Mrs. Carly, and we've got second grade. So, okay. yes. Okay, great. So, um, uh, Michelle, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and um, tell us about how you got involved in working with uh, Lori and, you know, kind of your experience and, and kind of working with this framework and understanding the brain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here, I'll take my mask off for a little bit. Uh, sure. So <laughs> um, I actually worked with Dr. Lori uh, a few years back when I was teaching in another district. Um, but then she came to Harrison Hill and, um, you know, she introduced the framework to the staff here. Um, and I was really interested in trying to incorporate that into my classroom. She was looking to um, work in some other classrooms uh, for the second semester. So um, they came to me and that's kind of how we got started here at Harrison Hill working together. Fantastic. And would you be so kind as to introduce your student with you? Yeah, this is Carly. Hi, Carly. (laughs) Carly, it's nice to meet you. My name is Guy. So, Carly, what can you tell me about um, your working with Dr. Lori? Do you like working with Dr. Lori? Yes. What have you learned working with Dr. Lori? Um, I learned that um, you're when you're mad, sad, um, frustrated, and worried, um, your amygdala starts firing. And what happens when your amygdala kind of gets gets upset? Um, that, um, Does it make it a little bit harder for you? Yeah, it makes me like, I'm stressed out when I'm doing anything. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to do other things when you're feeling stressed out, huh? So what have you learned about helping you to kind of, you know, do focused attention practices and things like that? What have you learned through Dr. Lori to help you if you feel like your amygdala is um, beginning to get upset? I Can you show me one of your favorites? Uh, okay. You're just kind of tracing around your fingers? Yeah. And does that help you if you're feeling um, upset or, you know, frustrated? Yeah, because um, one time I, like, felt that I was um, frustrated because I was doing something that's very hard. Mm -hmm. Then I used it and it helped me kind of a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, it really sometimes you need to do something to help you kind of begin to feel calmer again, right? Yeah. Have you been able to teach other people, maybe anybody, um, friends or family or anybody, how to use any of these practices? Yeah. Yeah, do you think it's helped them too? Good. I my mom some and my brother, because one time my brother was mad and I helped him. Uh-huh. Now, has it helped you um, maybe at home, too, if you felt upset? Yeah. Good, good. So I'm going to ask you one, one last question here, um, and it's a question I've been asking everybody. I want to know if you know, have any ideas of what you want to do when you grow up. I want to um, be a cheerleader and a singer. I know what? I'm sorry? A cheerleader and a singer. Oh, very nice. So you like to sing? Good, good, good. Well, singing can be another great way to express how you feel and your emotions, right? Yeah. Good, good. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today. Uh, Michelle and, and Carly, and uh, we're going to move into, I think, our sixth grade. Mm -hmm. That's right. Thank you, Carly. Thank you, Thank you, Carly. Thank you Ms. Holmes. And you know what, um, Jemiah, you might scoot in, honey, just a little because we can't see you very well. Um, so, um, Guy, I want you to meet. This is Mr. Peterson. Okay. And um, this is Jemiah. This is sixth grade, which I think of as middle school. And um, yeah, so this is um, this is where I am this semester, also with Miss Holmes. So take it away, because I know you guys just have a few minutes. Oh yeah, hey, hey, thanks for having us on. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, thank um, you, my, thank you. My name is uh, Casey Peterson. I am a sixth grade teacher here at the most remarkable school on the planet, Harrison Hill Elementary, and I am with one of the most remarkable young ladies that you will ever have the pleasure of hearing from. This is Jemiah. And uh, I'm just going to kind of break down the, the quick journey that I've had with Lori. It's, it's, it's been a brief time, but it seems like it's been a long time because I've gained so much information and insight. Um, Lori came to us 
oh, just a few months back and said, hey, here's the deal. I've got some things I'd love to share with your class. And the thing that, that hooked me right away was she said, tell me about your students and don't just tell me about the good stuff. I want to know the challenges. I want to know strengths. I want to know the things that causes uh, discouragement. And, and I want to know about them. And as soon as she brought that to a humanistic level for me, I was like, I, hey, I'm hooked. The fact that you're taking the time to actually want to learn about the children that I spend most of my day with, um, I, was, I was ready to roll. And, and I told her right off the bat, I said, that one of the main things that we want to work on with sixth grade especially. We want to figure out why is this happening? Why am I feeling a certain way? Because they understand when they're discouraged, they understand when they're angry, they understand when they're frustrated or anxious. They've got the feeling of it. I mean, that's pretty easy to identify, but I wanted them to be able to say, why is this actually happening to me? Why do I feel this way? And I asked my class a couple of questions before Dr. Lori came in the first day and someone raised their hand. It might've been Jeremiah here. And someone said, well, why is it when I get super frustrated or super anxious or angry, why is it suddenly that I get what's called tunnel vision where I can only see what's in front of me and I can't hear anything. I'm like deaf. Like I can't hear the teachers. I can't hear other people trying to direct me in certain, uh, certain ways. And I said, you know what? The same thing has happened to me. And I looked around the classroom. I said, if that's ever happened to you, raise your hand. And I, I kid you not, I've got 23 kids in class. All 23 hands went up. Not one of them, including myself, understood why that was actually taking place. And I think on a humanistic level, when kids were able to see the fact that a teacher and everybody else had the same feelings, they didn't feel like they were abnormal. In fact, I think that's something that, that brought attention to everybody in class, that what they're experiencing is normal. It is okay. It's natural. And Dr. Lori expounded so much information upon why things happen. I think that suddenly the class was more like, oh, well, that makes sense now. I have a better understanding of what's going on when I'm feeling a certain way. Mm -hmm. And with that, so now that we've labeled it, we understand why it's happening. Dr. Lori brought in uh, these little pictures of brains. And I was like, well, what is this? This is like a little cutout. We colored them up. And she said, here's what I want the class to do. Every morning when they arrive, I want them to have this magnet. It's, it's on the side of a, a, a spot where they can place magnets. They're going to move the magnets up and down, up and down, depending on where they're at. If it's up at the top, everything is going well. And if it's down low, they're having a rough start to the day. And what that does is it makes them understand their regulation. It allows me to see where they're at to start my day so that I can better um, kind of address certain students that may not be feeling so great. And as we've done that, we do this every single day. As we've done that, the kids are being more aware of what they're actually feeling and seeing. And we've used a ton of different engagement strategies to actually help regulate themselves when they're feeling a little bit off. And I know as a teacher, personally, it also helps me uh, regulate myself when things are going a little chaotic or there's a fight or a, a distraction or a discussion that shouldn't be taking place. It's causing me to take uh, more, more uh, time and thinking about what's actually happening around me. Instead of reacting, I'm being a little more proactive. And instead of trying to assign punishment out of my own frustration or anger, um, I'm getting things, I'm getting to the point where I'm doing a better job with the help of Dr. Lori. Uh, her advice of actually absorbing, taking in, and then reflecting before I decide to take action on whatever the consequence happens to be. And um, I, so I'm going to let Jemiah, uh, she's, like I said, not just a remarkable student, but a remarkable person. And I am blessed to have her in class. And uh, she volunteered to come in here today and uh, to, uh, to be, with, be with everyone here. And I, I'm very proud of her. And uh, she's, a, she's a smart girl. She's going to give some really good answers. So if you have any questions for our friend Jemiah. Sounds good. Is, well, well and, and thank you. 
Thank you so much for that introduction. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing that story about, you know, kind of the, you know, everything kind of focusing down and I not really hearing. And, you know, because so much of this is not just important for the student to be able to reflect on their own state, but for the educator. And if you as an educator realize that, you know, when somebody gets overwhelmed and they're they're in a fight or flight response, that they're not working with their frontal cortex, your, your approach changes. You're no longer, you know, because often what happens is when kids begin to have difficulty and they, they begin to get escalated, um, the response is to, to demand compliance and to, you know, try to, try to provide, um, you know, instruction. And at that point, if the, the child's really not listening because they're not communicating with the frontal cortex, you know, we're not going to be effective. So, so much of this is important for both sides, the, the, the educators and the students. So, Jemiah, welcome. I really, really appreciate you joining us today. Um, uh, my name is Guy, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to, to meet you and hear about what you were doing. And I've been uh, working with Dr. Lori for some time, who does some really amazing work. So, can you tell me, um, what have you liked about working with Dr. Lori and about learning about, you know, your brain and the way your brain works? Oh. Some of the things I love with working with Dr. Lori is that we learn about um, why we react a specific way during um, different like times, and like we learn about um, like different functions in our brain and mm -hmm. why we do certain stuff. Does it help it make more sense to you, like you know, why when you get upset you feel a certain way, knowing the way your brain works? Yes. And have you found it helpful, like learning, like focused attention practices, you know, so that if you do feel like, you know, because when you when you begin to feel badly, when your amygdala really begins, you know, kind of activated, you know, it really doesn't feel good to feel that way. But, you know, you, you, you feel like you want to run, you want to, you know, you want to do something, you, you know, it doesn't feel good. So have you been able to apply some of those practices to help you when you feel like you're getting upset? Yes, all the time. Do you have a favorite practice that you've done? Yeah, like the little girl did in here, like the five-finger one. Yeah, mm -hmm. that actually works very good with me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So can do you find... Can I, can I interrupt yeah, you? Yeah. Jemaya does some things that are regulating that she wasn't even aware that are right. Like she is a fabulous basketball player mm -hmm. and, and, and dribbling, any type of ball playing, sports movement, that's regulating. Um, and so she's learned also, Jemaya, I, I mean, you really like to doodle too, like, you know, just like to kind of play with art a little bit, draw, you know, and, and so, you know, that's something she's discovered that she does those things and that they can serve her so well when she is, you know, when her nervous system is feeling rough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it, it's funny how, you know, I think we we sometimes uh, evolve different ways of, of helping to relieve our own stress and we don't even realize it. Um, but but the, the power of having somebody point out the connection between our brain and our nervous system and the things we do, you know, the, the fact, you know, and again, you know, school is uh, a place where we're, we have a lot of expectations and, you know, sometimes we need that movement break or we need that rhythm or we need something to kind of help us when we're getting overwhelmed. So, um, you know, Jeremiah, tell me about, you know, tell me about a time where you found that you needed to, to do something to help yourself to kind of regain your, your calm. So like when you when you're like feeling uh, tense or uh, anxious or upset, what's something that you do to, to kind of control the situation to slow that down? Oh, what I would do is um, I'll start to like 
draw or, or like doodle or something, or I'll I got my fingers and I'll just do I'll just go. Mm-hmm. And then I just breathe in and out as I go up and down with my fingers and it kind of takes my mind off of what I'm um ain't upset about or nervous about or scared or something. Mm-hmm. It, it, it takes my mind away from it and gets me into like a calmer place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have you taught these practices to any of your friends or family? Yeah. 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 Um, and have you found that they've been useful? Like you, you like to play basketball, right? So, you know, sometimes we get, we get really you know fired up or upset sometimes if the, the game's not going well. Have you been able to use them in other situations aside from the classroom? Yes. Yeah. Very good. So um, what is the most surprising thing that you learned about your brain? Is there anything that surprised you when you learned it? You were just like, wow. Um, and what what was that? Um, that um, that like fight or flight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it funny how you probably had that fight or flight response before, but once you know that those things are like normal normal reactions, everybody has them. Everybody has it, and, and different people respond differently. So you've probably seen that. You've probably seen that in friends or people you knew people that might get really upset and, and try to fight or people that might run away. But isn't it interesting to know how that how that all happens in your brain? So I'm going to ask you one last question and then we'll, we'll let you both go. Um, so you're in sixth grade. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and that wasn't my question. I have one more. <laughs> um, any ideas what you want to do when you grow up and get out of school? I want to be an entrepreneur or either a doctor. Ah, so do you have a, a certain kind of business you would like to have? No, not yet. Not yet. Well, there are a lot of opportunities out there. World always needs good ideas, and and who knows? Maybe something you learn here about your brain can help you as you uh, you know start a business or uh, you know go go further with your life. So. Uh, Jemai, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us. I know it's probably, you might have needed to do a focused attention exercise before you came in here, because this might have been a little stressful. Um, but I appreciate you doing it. And, uh, you know, thank you as well, uh, Mr. Peterson. Uh, it sounds, I, I love to hear your excitement. It, it's so um, exciting for me to hear a whole team of people uh, here at your school that are excited about doing some great work. So so thank you so much. I appreciate you having us on. And Dr. Lori, thank you for Oh, Mr. Peterson, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And Jemiah, thank you. Now, go don't remind everybody they have cake to eat, the brain cake. I forgot to say, go tell everyone there's brain cake. That's right. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you did great, sweetie. I'll see you in this, like, Thursday, Friday this week. Sounds like a plan. We'll see you soon. Have a good day. Thank you so much. So, Lori, if you want to stick around, you and I can, uh, you know, have a little bit more discussion here. And I don't know if Natalie's still uh, off screen. If she is, I'll bring her back and maybe she can join us as well. Um, But but that was really fantastic. Uh, Oh, hold on. It looks like she is actually in the class uh, in the meeting room. Okay, there you go. (laughs) All right. I saw you move in there. 
Yeah, I saw you move in there. I was trying to make the, the kids screen bigger. So I, I at one point it kind of moved everybody back into the waiting room. So I'm glad you were able to uh, stick around. What what a, what an honor to get to meet your your uh, staff and your students. You've got some amazing kids there. And again, you know, I mean, I said this earlier, but you've got a, a group of young people that understand more about their brains and about, you know, the, the impact of, of life and stress. I mean, this is how we, we raise successful human beings, you know, is by teaching them these things that they're going to need. I mean, you know, you, you think about, you know, kids as they go along and the kids that are in middle school or high school now that haven't had this, you know, this background, um, you know, have a, a, often a lot of result, unresolved difficulties. And, you know, I think that this is a great opportunity to start with, you know, elementary school children to have them develop skills that are really going to help them further in life and, and, and may keep them out of situations that would be, um, you know, the, the, I mean, you know where this goes if, if, if we're not able to learn the skills that, that are necessary and uh, understand how our brain works. Um, you know, I think that the, the prospects aren't as good. And uh, so this is amazing work. And uh, thank you for sharing with us your, your school and your staff and your students. Thank you. I mean, I think that it, it just hearing from them and seeing how they've applied this in their everyday lives and then, you know, with their families, I mean, they're going home, they're living this work. And so I think you can hear any adult talk about it, but when you see the impact, it's really extraordinary. So absolutely, absolutely. And and what what an amazing group of, of kids. Uh, you know, I know this was probably a bit of a challenge to do because, you know, I mean, wow, it seems a little scary, but uh, they all did a, an amazing job. I do want to let people know that are watching live uh, now that it's it's down to the three of us. I, I didn't want to take questions from the audience during the, uh, inter, you know, while we were talking with the kids. But if anybody out there that's watching has questions for, uh, you know, Dr. Lori or uh, has questions for um, uh, Natalie, uh, let us know and we'd be happy to address those as well. So um, with that, Lori, is there anything you want to add to kind of what we were watching there? Well, I just, it was, it was just so not only enjoyable, but so reflective to sit back and to listen to them, to have Tristan talk about teaching his uncle in Texas. And he means mm -hmm. that, um, you know, Tristan is intense. And he takes this work seriously. He, it, you know, every emotion that he experiences is pretty intense. So he, um, just to hear Idiana, just to hear, I didn't even know if Jemiah was going to show up and she mm -hmm. was just fabulous. Um, I knew that a lot, you know, she was just a little undecided. And then, you know, Carly and then, you know, um, Zamaya, I mean, everyone today, they were, it's almost as if they just told their their nervous system stories and it was a flow i felt i mean i don't feel like they were they didn't need a, a script so it's i thank the teachers for that um i left emily and Lori kirkland in like the first of february and they continue this work so that's what it takes um you know it that's that's where it's not just when I'm there, but when I when I leave, we'll carry on. And that's mm -hmm. what we look for. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and unless we can begin to clone you, I think that's that's what we need to do, right? We, we, we need to get this out to <laughs> classrooms around around the country. We're trying. We're certainly trying. <laughs> <laughs> that's great.
Um, so, uh, and, and a great point uh, that uh, that Beth Tolley just brought up, and Beth is uh, a member here of the Alliance. Uh, Beth brought up this point. She said the kids are going to be the change makers, and, and I think that's absolutely right. The the impact that that you are both having here on your your staff and your students will be something that is is felt in a very positive way down the road. Um, so, you know, having, you know, the, the school administrators and the, uh, the the kids become really invested in this, I think, is is going to pay dividends uh, you know, down the road. So let me ask you a question, uh, Natalie, in terms of, um, you know, one of the things that I'm really interested in is how can we get people across the country, you know, schools across the country, districts across the country, um, adopting some of these better practices. You know, one of the things that I found in working with parents from across the country is that things vary considerably um, from state to state, from district to district, from school to school. Um, and how can we get people to move past some of the um, approaches that aren't working, you know, and, and your your team really caught and talked about that as well, about, you know, we keep doing the same thing over and over again, and it's not working. You know, you're, you're doing other things. How do we make that change? Do you, do you have ideas of, of how we can help to influence a greater change to, I mean, and I think a program like this is a great start, but what can we do to, to help others, you know, realize that, you know, sometimes the things we were learning 30 years ago, there's better things that we can be doing. So any thoughts on that? I think it, it really does take a good hard look at your systems and what are you doing right now? You know, I think Tiasha spoke so brilliantly too. I mean, we had to really look at our entire system of discipline and getting back to, okay, we're seeing the same students, um, their behaviors really aren't changing. So what is it that we're going to do? And everybody has to really own that. And, you know, when you're getting at belief systems, it doesn't happen overnight. So knowing that you start with those change agents, I mean, the people you saw around the table today, you know, they're ready to run. And people <laughs> start to notice that, you know, I think starting with a few key people who are really ready to make some change and to do things differently. And you can only spend so much time being on the reactive side for so long, right? That's exhausting for adults as well. And so really looking at things, I mean, we've had to change our entire approach of looking at everything from the prevention side. And I think once you start to do that and you look at how much more time you're going to gain in the end, um, it really starts to change how you look at things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's that's excellent. Uh, excellent advice. And, you know, I think certainly our, our hope is to, you know, make people aware that there are a lot of great uh, alternatives out there, a lot of great things that we could be doing. But But to me, this this, uh, you know, neuroscience based piece, which, you know, um, just having that understanding of the brain, having, you know, I mean, let, let's face it, um, you know, there were things that I've learned along my own road as a parent, um, but, you know, um, and, and I've got a background in, in science as well, but, um, you know, some of this very simple neuroscience never really clicked with me until I really dug deeply into this work. And it's transformative. If you really understand the way our brains work, not only do you understand, you know, how your own system is working, but to understand that, you know, when that child is having a difficult time, where they are in their brain, you know, I mean, it's so, so important. So yeah. we've got a, a lot of really positive uh, comments here. Um, uh, Lori, what, what else do you want to add in terms of, uh, you know, kind of getting this out there and, and getting other people, you know, um, kind of moving in these directions? Well, so I, I really feel that it begins with the adults in the building. 
And I, I'm learning this. I wouldn't have said that two years ago. And that's something that we talked about when we have staff meetings at Harrison Hill. It begins with the adult nervous system. And you know, when I say nervous system, the brain and body state. Mm -hmm. So um, when, and it's a paradigm shift, you know, Natalie said that, you know, it's really taking a look at where are we systemically, you know, as far as looking at discipline data, you know, looking at, um, you know, where um, patterns and gaps have fallen and, you know, are just just really taking a nice look at the um, really the nervous system of the school, you know, because just like we all have, you know, dysregulation and regulation and we move through state regulation. So do buildings. Mm -hmm. And when you have settled adults, you have settled students. And um, so I would I would say to schools that it's very important to really focus on the educator or staff um, brain and body state and to prioritize that. You know, as an administrator, Natalie's classroom is her staff at Harrison Hill. Um, you know, this is her classroom. And, you know, when she has teachers and she's got staff and, you know, um, you know, paraprofessionals, anyone who office staff who are feeling rough, you know, that has contagion in the school. You know, kids pick Absolutely. up on that. So um, it, we're hoping at Harrison Hill and we're on our way is really to create, this is, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna spend some time, I think there again next year too, but we wanna create a pilot school. I think we're creating pilot classrooms right now, um, you know, with Lori Kirkland's classroom and, and Emily's, cause I was in there the longest, but we hope to create a pilot school, which we've done in some other districts, but this one, you know, where other teachers can visit, other administrators can come in, talk to Natalie, um, you know, just to really, you know, don't reinvent the wheel, but really, you know, create, just look to see what, what's working well. So those and, are and, and when can we have one of those in each state? Oh my gosh. That would just, we need to talk about that. Oh, that would just be awesome. Let's just do it. Wouldn't it? So let me just yeah, share a couple of quick comments and we'll, we'll wrap up here because I want to be mindful of everybody's time. Um, but, you know, lots of people with really positive comments, terrific work, you know, great to see the kids. Um, let's see, um, you know, people, let's see, um, really great work, uh, very nice. Uh, somebody, let's see, um, another person talking about how wonderful this program is, all, all sorts of really positive comments here. Uh, about the strategies. Really great to have the kids sharing those strategies and, and what they're doing. Um, and again, you know, as, as we wrap up, you know, I, I want to, uh, you know, thank, um, uh, you know, thank you, Natalie, for not only letting us do this, but working with uh, the families of the kids to to allow us to be able to do this program. Uh, really, if you would, um, please thank them all for us. Uh, this is really could have a lot of impact. Um, so thank you for working with all of your your staff and, and teachers and families. Opportunity to share. That's good. That's great. Um, so with that, we're just about at time here. Lori, did you have any any final words that you want to add before we uh, wrap up? Well, I just want to thank everyone today who's watching and and um, and just really encourage everyone to really think about this beautiful, complex time that we have, you know, as we move out of this pandemic, because this pandemic has really opened our eyes to some things that maybe not were not working so well, but some ways of being um, that we can now adopt 
and and to really think about how we can pay attention, um, you know, in in really inclusive ways to um, our brain and body states, not just from 10 a.m. to 10:30, but to you know really think about how we can just just immerse this in every aspect of the school day, which is what we're we're doing um, right now. So I That's just great. have a grateful heart. That's great, excellent, uh, Natalie. Any any final thoughts? No, just thank you so much for the opportunity to let our students shine and share their work. And Dr. Lori, thank you as always. Ah, oh, thank All you, right. Natalie. Well, well, thank you both so much. I have a quick announcement to make for everybody else, but I will let you both go. Uh, so thank you. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, so as I mentioned, just a, a quick announcement here. This is an unusual show for us because we usually do every other Thursday, but this was a great opportunity. So I hope you enjoyed uh, today. I uh, will mention that our next Facebook Live event, we have uh, Lori Petro coming to uh, talk about uh, Teach Through Love, helping adults and kids build stronger relationships with uh, conscious communication. So you, you can probably get, there's a theme running throughout what we do. A lot of it's about connection, about relationship, about moving past compliance-based approaches. We absolutely could be doing better for, for kids and families and, and students and teachers and staff. Uh, and if we can, we need to. So thank you so much, all of you that have been watching and part of our community. And until next time, we'll see you again soon.